going on? Welcome to episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? It's going pretty good. As always, we're going to want sponsored by one of the Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. We've got three tiers available. Well, technically four if you want to count the international tier. But generally, we got three tiers available. And if you are a swag bag member, the cards for this month and the makeup for October, because TCG player lost my order, will be going out this weekend. So... Hopefully they get to you before Thanksgiving, so you don't have mail for a couple days. But if not, you'll have them by the end of next week, hopefully. You know, post office sucks right now. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, gentlemen, you guys doing good? Yeah. Hey, you know, my life uh, my life is complicated as always, but excited to be back with the guys talking about some Pioneer action. Ricky, you, uh, you pre-release it up? I did go to two pre-releases, and it is, it's a format. I would say, what are you? What are your early thoughts? My early thoughts are uh, that I haven't drafted much yet, but it's not Midnight Hunt, and I love Midnight Hunt. Midnight Hunt, like it's funny how quickly I feel like feelings turned on Crimson Vow because I feel like when it first dropped on Arena like Thursday or whatever, I was like, oh yeah, set sweet, sets fun. Now it's like, uh, uh-uh, no, how how many of the like the ten bombs do you have? Do you have every removal spell that you saw? Like. It just sort of like so many cards run away with the game very, very, very quickly mm-hmm. without much uh, chance to interact with them, such as like the Kraken, the Demon. Um, a lot of the cards are like value engines just to an like, insane degree, like the blue mythic cemetery guy. Um, so like and then like you get bad, bad mythics that don't do anything like cemetery gatekeeper. And you're just like, eh, you know, I. I I'm happy I opened this and you lie to yourself and cry. <laughs> and the the slug is unbeatable. I can't you can't beat the slug. Well, Ricky, what if I told you there is a way that you could open two cemetery gatekeepers limited? Uh sign me up. Well, that's great because we're going to talk about what killed magic this week. And that of course is the hey, we finally know what double feature is. And it's not what we thought it was because, once again, Wizards doesn't know how to communicate and tamper expectations. Yeah. Do you do you want to start off on this or do you want me to? Uh, let's – you. well, I'll start, I'll start off explaining what the issue is and then, mm-hmm. and then you can you can unload. Thank you. So, you know, I don't think there was – I tried finding if there was like a product write-up when they first had the Midnight Hunt like preview and they mentioned Double Feature and – it was pretty hyped up, right? Like it sounded like it was going to be a curated combination of both sets. Um, and that also maybe we're going to get some throwback in a straw cards because guess what? Endless ranks of the dead is a buy a box promo. That's pretty cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to get a bunch of, you know, more references to horror movie stuff. So I was thinking like, Oh, we got Dracula cards. And again, part of this is on me as well. Right. Like we're all folly to, um, overhype ourselves up but i'm more disappointed than i am angry and that's really my big thing is like we could be disappointed but we can't be angry in a sense um but i think this does come down to poor communication on what it actually is right so again so i was like oh track of the cards maybe we'll get like frankenstein all the other public domain horror movies like the universal monsters something like pictures of dorian Gray. like there's so many things we could do right uh but then we get the thing that announces what it actually is it's going to be 24 set draft booster boxes that I think are 
slated to go for like sale for $200. Uh, and they will contain four Innistrad Midnight Hunt commons, four Innistrad Crimson Vow commons, two Innistrad Midnight Hunt uncommons, two Innistrad Crimson Vow uncommons, one Innistrad Midnight Hunt rare or mythic, one Innistrad Crimson Vow rare or mythic rare, and then one Silver Screen foil card, which is like a special foiling. Um, but Morrow did since clarify that every set, every card in the set is going to be black and white uh, and have this silver screen treatment, which is great because when every card is black and white, I'm going to need to know what color everything is. And the new black and white border makes it very clear if they're, you know, what color the cards are, which is great. I'm still going to not know what every card is because they're all in black and white, but, you know, at least I'll know what color they are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it sounds like if they're going for like 200 bucks, they're going to be like six to eight bucks a pack, which kind of sucks, um, especially for what we're getting, because it is just both sets glued together, which means that, hey, you know what? You you could open some Evolving Wilds. You could open Evolving Wilds from Midnight Hunt or Crimson Vow because it's in both sets, which mm, adds art. a lot. Add, yeah, with the same art. And again, they don't change the set symbols. So like even though the bottom will say DBL, there's no special set symbol. They just tell they just have the regular set symbol. Um, like at the bare minimum, this should have been curated, I feel like, just so we don't have the weird, yeah, the cards that overlap, which also highlight the problem of, wow, there are a few cards that overlap probably because I think they only had enough cards for one and a half sets and just kind of flunged the numbers a bit to try to make it work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this comes down to poor... In this case, this is definitely more on their side with poor communication than us tempering expectations. Um, but it just, once again, another feather in the cap of Wizards not knowing how to do marketing. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, as you pointed out, the lack of effort here is is a little bit transparent and it did cause Miro to make a blog post about it talking about the communication issues and you know we get it there's been a lot of you know incredibly low effort output from wizards the last couple of years and this is just another one of them right i mean this is another thing that you know that curation it would have taken more time time and resources they're clearly not willing to invest in the game because that's not an instant you know that that would be money down the drain right any any effort that is not directly related to to grabbing that sweet sweet cash is just immediately dismissed by a hasbro executive and you know going to the communication part of it that's something we've also been talking about since like three months after pioneer came out the frustration with the communication regarding is pioneer going to be on arena you know I, i don't play arena anymore other than the draft i have with the free gems that i get from drafting and i'm not going to do it based on what i've heard about the Crimson Vow format, right? The draft format to it. So, you know, we've just, you've heard us, if you've been listening since day one, we have talked time and time and time again about how poor the communication is from Wizards, probably as a result from Hasbro in regards to particularly our format, but Magic in general. And, you know, you know, when they're talking about it, it means there was an issue, right? This was not well thought out. It was not well communicated as to what it was going to be. The language was ambiguous. So, of course, people are going to read things in the most common way. And several people had thoughts on how it was. The fact that it wasn't put out there immediately is a problem. And I like the product, 
right? Like, I think the all black is cool. I like the lands, but that's just my personal opinion on it because I happen to like the art, right? I have no objective opinions on how great the art is or anything like that. Oh, then I just personally like it. The design of the set, I'm not a big fan of, but in general, this is just more of the same of what we've seen. And I just, I don't know how long this is going to go on or if it's ever going to be fixed. Because like we said, we've been talking about the communication problems they've been having for a long, long time. Well, I mean, like, look, do I hate the product? No, because I'm probably, I was thinking of buying some FNM promo considers. Now I might buy some foil black and white considers. Yeah. Um, it just means that everything, all the money I was going to spend on sealed products, I was excited for a curated two sets combined maybe we'll get some throwback other innistrad cards now we just don't have to spend that money anymore now i can spend that money on league of legends secret layers <laughs> that's exactly right that's exactly right i can't wait for the uh the steve urkel collaboration coming up soon I can i'm just my, thinking who else urkels. makes a competitive who else meets makes a competing card game that we can have collabs with you know who we need I'd buy the Yu-Gi-Oh! Secret Lair. Joey Wheeler. That's right. <laughs> we need the Joey Wheeler. He's uh, definitely Garrick, right? 100%. I just, like, they really didn't have to do a lot to impress me on this product. Even at 200 a box, mm-hmm. if it was just a curated drafting environment, I still would have bought it. Like, it's right. so easy. Like, it does not take a ton. Like, you could have thrown darts and just, like, you know, this 100 cards from this set, this 150 cards from this set go right yep mm-hmm. you could have literally thrown darts and you just say curated draft environment i might not have liked the draft environment but i would have bought it to try it out with friends and if it sucked it would have still been funny and the like i would have been happy it, i didn't need secret innistrad cards i didn't need like you know anything more than just both the sets combined in a way that the draft would be fun <sighs> I've just never been like so high on a product and then like so down on it so fast. Yeah, just so let down. I mean, I think it's like even with the stupid master sets that they're doing for cash grabs on Arena, right? At least those they can pretend it was a curated environment. And obviously, I think it was the Kaladesh one was maybe one of the worst draft formats I've ever seen in my life. Um, you guys would rem- you would you would remember better than me. One of them was absolute trash garbage. It was either Kaladesh it was Om- or Amonkhet. It was Amonkhet. Would had like ten wraths in it. Yeah, that yeah, one was Amonkhet. Was, was just the absolute trash garbage. Couldn't be worse. Well, uh, it's okay. Look, they they didn't have the time to do the ten drafts to figure out what cards need to be cut. So right. they just did the two drafts to say, yeah, this works. Go ahead and print it. Well, yeah, it was definitely more of a, hey, can we get these cards to work on Arena? Which I think is what we're realizing is, is the problem now, right? Like, it's not about putting thought. Oh, I was talking into- about Double Feature. I'm not even talking about an Amonkhet. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about both. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's probably, you know, at least with this, you know, hey, at least they're not trying to get away with it. But it definitely feels like before what they're trying is let's put cards uh, that we know will work on Arena because, you know, some of them will definitely crash or destroy the game like they do Moto. So, you know, that's those are the cards that make it in. Any card that doesn't break our game to make us put any amount of more effort in, that's the cards we're going to put in there. The other thing, too, is that I don't think it's been talked about is the fact that this comes out in January, like early to mid-January, really feels – actually, it's Late the 21st. January, the, 20, so the, the 21st. So, so that's what, like the three like, weeks before Kamigawa? Like two weeks before Kamigawa, it's like crazy. Is it really? Yeah, yeah like wow. this should this should like in my opinion, this should have been out like Christmas holiday season Absolutely. and make a fun a fun thing to buy right. Yeah, uh, it, it's just such a weird release schedule. Or even like put it again, like also you know that middle to late December release 
lets people buy Crimson Vow product and then go, okay, here's our next thing. Or they can say, yeah, I can hold off my Crimson Vow because I'm going to buy this instead, right? And also, that's a good idea too because this is only in WPN stores, which incentivizes people to go buy product from their WPN location and well, that's go help the local game the, store. The there we go. Ruckman. Yeah. How are you going to spend money on double feature when you're buying all the secret layers, baby, <laughs> we got another drop coming the 29th of November. And then I think the uh, the fake art museum one comes out this Saturday. Really? That one's a real yeah. one. It is. Okay. I thought and, they were uh, just giving that away. Silence, to like crickets, influencers, or something. I thought I thought that was the case too, but apparently not. And I wasn't upset about that. I was like, sure, give your influencers what they want. Uh, I'm sure the players don't want these. Give, give them, give them scratch and sniff playing magic cards. Yeah, well, that's fun. And the thing is, just like I don't even hate the secret layers. I just hate that the quality of everything else is going down. No, I, I think secret, secret layers. layers. I've, I've totally put myself at secret layers. Just like, yeah, if this is for someone, if this does it for you, cool, have fun. If not, this, this pro, this secret layers, the epitome of. Well, double feature now is the epitome of this. This product isn't for me. Right. Uh, it's right. just like you it's know a premium what? product. If if it's something I like, I'll buy them. I bought uh, a play set of spell quellers from uh, a member of the Discord because they're like, I want a couple of these cards. I'm like, hey, I don't want to buy these sequels. I'll buy your spell quellers, right? Like there are arts that I want to buy. It's just like I need them in combinations of stuff that I want or stuff just doesn't line up right. Like I was just like, like I was all in for the the Dungeons and Dragons Saturday morning cartoon secret layer drop, but I was just kind of like thinking like. Man, I don't really play Commander right now, so I just don't need this product at the moment. But there yeah. have been plenty of secret layers. Where I'm just like, oh heck yeah, I'm in. Oh, but then shipping's ten dollars for a secret layer. No? Yeah, I just, I just, and that's the thing about it too is like the shipping and the delay on. I'm like again, like I think they're a cool product. I think that it's you know weirdly one of the ways I'm okay with them kind of breaking the secondary market. I've never much cared for the secondary market um, situation, um, and it's one of the things you know that's keeping the reserve list in place. Is yeah. their their fear about the secondary market and what it would do? Da, 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 da. So you know, I, I'm happy with secret layers. I think they're fun, but you know, they take forever to ship. Like I've gotten delivery on my Final Fantasy 14 pre order before I'm going to get secret layers uh, delivered to me. You oh, know? that's the joke. Yeah. Are people going to get their um, Stranger Things secret layers, or are people who could buy New Capenna going to get them first? Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just. Uh, it just again, so many things just go wrong. Like even even when I want to compliment wizards, which I think the secret layers are cool, they're just riddled with so many problems right now and in delays, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's been a mess the last couple of years. It's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, any other, any other thoughts before we go into the meta game? Because all we're going to talk about this week are just the new decks from the events that feature new cards. We've got new builds going on. Anything else before we get started? No, I think this is, this is the first episode we've done where the professor's video was out, like actually oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Be sure to go check out our top five for Pioneer from Crimson Val that we did for with Tolarian. So go check that out for sure. Yeah, and it was good. A lot of people I checked out the comments, and a lot of people were excited for Pioneer. So I think that as much as we don't like a lot of the decisions happening, we are excited for Pioneer. It's understandable, or at least you know some of it could be if it's all related to COVID and issues with that. So you know we, we cut them a, a small amount of slack, but. At the same time, excited for Pioneer. So, also just real quick, speaking of uh, bad, bad marketing and bad decisions, and uh, messing with local game stores. Apparently, Amazon has a special right now where you can get all four of the Pioneer Challenger decks for like a little more than a hundred. Wow! Uh, because you know, 
screw all the LGSs that had like $40 cost per deck into mm-hmm. their, uh, uh, I mean, it's a good deal and I don't think you should feel bad taking it, but just sort of no, sucks for the sure. LGSs. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's get into it. I'm not going to cover the metagame percentage that we usually do just because, Hey, it turns out goldfish is broken and none of the decks from this week really tied into the metagame percentages and if they did, things would be really even worse for Phoenix. Uh, so we're going to start talking about these challenges. We're going to go into a couple league deck lists. And uh, at some point, I'm going to hit the the Phoenix Watch 2021 alarm because uh, I think we've got a lot to talk about with Phoenix this week. So let's get right into it, shall we, with the challenge on Saturday. In eighth place, we have MJ underscore 23 with a little bit of Orzov Auras. Seventh place, Slasher 21 with Boros Burn, Luris Burn if you want to call it that way. Uh, sixth place, Carnage Cards ENT with a little bit of Mono Black Vampires. A little bit of White Splash. We'll come back to that deck here in a second. Uh, Bill Steve in fifth place with White Green Humans. Fourth place, we have Darius89 with Is It Phoenix. Third place, we have Underscore Stream with another take on... Humans, this one less so white green, more so just mono white splash cocoa. Uh, second place, we have Gouldacat with the Phoenix build. And in first place, we have P Tarts to win with Luris Burn. So let's uh, talk about these couple deck lists and then we'll hit the Phoenix Watch Alarm and get that underway. So we have eighth place MJ23's Orzov Orz deck list. Uh, oh, this isn't the one I thought it was. We got no new cards here. So, ooh, actually, Containment Priest in the main. What do you think of Containment Priest in the main for the Phoenix matchup? Same yeah, solid. I mean, there's so much Phoenix running around, right? Like, yeah, I, again, that's why I'm just like, hey, you want to have fun? Go play Enchantments. Main deck yourself some, uh, some Rune also, Halo. It also hates on Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Any kind of Company shenanigans and... And then also Phoenix, which again, a lot of the decks are running that, right? Also Winota, right? Yeah. Winota would be another one. So Soren pretty Fingers. solid anti, anti-meta anti choice. I mean, again, better than my Ruined Halo call. But I think Ruined Halo and, uh, man, there was one I was talking about the other week that I was excited for it being anti-Phoenix. Anti, uh, and, you know, that Enchantments deck could also pretty easily run um, Rest in Peace, which is, you know, one of the few graveyard uh, hate cards that really messes with Phoenix because you just get all the cards, right? So that and then i think if it is it even yeah it is because it was the uh new ravnica but the uh the wheel of sun and moon but it's a creature the one mana two one that puts uh, instances and sorcerers in the bottom i'm pretty sure dryad militant exiles yeah sounds right dryad militant's the card yep that's right so uh but containment priest also because uh phoenix is not a may mm-hmm. uh containment priest will get the phoenixes they can't choose to not put them back into play Oh, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I can't, can't miss that. So there we go. Well, they can if I miss the trigger. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, no. Because I'm playing Pro Tour Honolulu. <laughs> That's oh, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Nothing new in seventh place. So let's go up to Carnage Cards with a little bit of vampires here featuring two of Edgar Charmed Groom and one of Soren the Shirtless. Uh, what do you think of Edgar here? So I don't think we really got the chance to talk about Edgar because I wasn't super high on him. Uh, he's a vampire lord, and then he's some wrath protection. Is that is that what we're Seems doing like here? He's a four mana four four, and he lords your vampires. And then when he dies, he becomes an artifact that makes a vampire every turn, 
and in three turns he comes back to being his normal self. So he's like very difficult to deal with, and he's a big boy. I think. I mean, I think he's fine for like the verdict matchups. Like your gifted Aetherborns being like three fours is like ungodly. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty good. I, I think he's very good, but um, you know, you're not as happy to drop an Edgar off of your Soren than you are like dropping a Champion of Dusk. And just drawing a million cards. Yeah, but I'm still pretty happy. Like, and when he dies, he just starts spawning little dorks. Yeah. That you, you can what use. Do you, what do you think of Soren the Shirtless? I don't agree. I mean, Soren says you don't have to show the card. You could just leave it there. That's the funniest thing about the card is that you can just like, uh, you can flip your Emrakul and be like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I didn't want to bob. Just, just Captain America. Nah, I don't think I will. I just think that like it's funny that we're now power creeping one of the best black cards ever printed, um, no, by just, like making a Bob ability like better. We could just miss our own trigger right intentionally, and this time it's legal. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, uh, oh, good. I also think that it's a. Uh, I don't know. Sword in the Mirthless. His tokens are very good, as I've learned, especially in a world full of flame best flame blessed bolt. Sorry, that's uh-huh. the new tongue twister of Pioneer. Um, so I do think that his tokens are very good. It's just like for four mana, I just think feel like Kalidus or Edgar is going to be better. And Edgar also gives me the wrath protection of just playing it. You know, I, I just don't know about Sword and the Mirthless, but I don't disagree. I just don't all the way agree. Like, I, it's so weird, right? Because it's like, I, your, your curve's pretty low, but I mean, you've got like... Four champion dusk at five, three Kalidus at four, two Edgar at two at uh, at four. Your other swords at three. Like, sure you got some lifelink, but the the cost of swords pretty high if you if you plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see Soren. I think I think he does do a lot um, in the format. But again, I, I still would prefer him in like a grindier deck. Like I like no, the card I, advantage. I agree with that. I want to put Soren in like something Rakdosy or Rockish maybe. Yeah. All right, let's move up to fifth place here. Bill Seed, our first look at Thalia, Guardian of Thraven, the format. We got four Dauntless Bodyguard, two Giant Killer, three Kithion, Hero of Akros, four Thraven, Aspirant, four Luminarch, Aspirant, four Thalia's Lieutenant, three Thalia, Guardian of Thraven, two Adeline, Resplendent Cathar, three Brutal Cathar, four Elite Spellbinder, four Collected Company. Now, Solid. my first thought is we got a lot of ones here for a Coco deck. But yeah. like, Kithion is like big impact one yeah so i think that like kithian is a big impact one we're only playing two giant killers so like really it's like we're playing eight ones like any aggro deck would want oh i guess we're playing three bit inspector too oh i didn't see three bit inspector eh. man it's gonna feel really bad in this deck when you like go sun pedal pass or something yeah <laughs> yep. I, I the deck's fine i i I think it's there's going to be some time to mess around with it for sure. Obviously, we're not going to argue with the third and a fifth place finish for the deck list, right? Um, I'm not super sold on Elite Spellbinder, but it's kind of, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I was playing Elite Spellbinder on my sideboards. I had to bring it in several times, so maybe I'm just wrong there. Like, we're playing Coco. Like, man, we could maybe fit another lore or something in here. I hear you. I think being mostly white, you know, you're looking for things and it's a way to disrupt, right? Like you've got some disruption options in, in Cathar and Spellbinder. And I think hitting them, you're going to be just happy enough to probably be what you need to have the reach that the deck needs. Yeah. 
So, you know, given that you have the two, a lot of times one people don't play it. If it was just one option for disruption, you probably would just throw in the three mana whiteboard, right? And just yeah. go to town from there. But in this case, with two disruption options, using the new Brutal Cathar, I, I see where they're going. You know, in the Spellbinder, yeah. you know, as we've talked about, a card that has way more upside than I initially looked for or I initially thought it would have way better than I thought it was. So I, happy I, with it. It's flying. I tell you what card people are always sold on that I just have never got working for me. And that's Lumernock Aspirant. The reason why she's holding up that uh, that mace is it's a lightning rod uh, because <laughs> she just eats every rule spell, which probably isn't a bad thing. Right. But like this card has never done anything for me. What do you think of the like, Vanquish the Horde in the sideboard? Vanquish the Horde in the sideboard. Well, we're going to have to get past the big green monsters somehow. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, I like the combo here of Selfless Spirit into Vanquish the Horde. That's right, yeah. Um, that we can set up in our sideboard here. I think that is uh, beyond sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. It's time. Let's hit the button. You hear that that flapping of electricity? It's Phoenix Watch 2021 time because we got Darius 89 with our kind of new take on Phoenix that we've seen. I, I think it kind of popped up middle last week and then this week. It really made a big showing of things. That's because now we're playing between one and two copies of Temporal Trespass and two copies of Galvanic Iteration. Um, and I think this innovation is going to be the thing that pushes Phoenix over the edge into potential Bansville. So let's open it up, gentlemen. Who would like to go first? Well, um, do you want to talk about the... Uh... I'll talk a little about the deck list, I guess, and and why I think it it may need some some addressing here because we we've gone down to just eight threats. A lot of the decks before really were, you know, pushing up to uh, twelve threats. Even right, you were playing some number of crackling Drake. You may have sure. been playing some other threat, Ox of Agonis, something like that. Whatever it might have been, we're back down to just the most streamlined eight threats we can possibly play because we're going to cast so many spells. Uh, and, and essentially now we're a little bit like a combo deck. So Temporal Trespass is the 11 mana spell that lets us take an extra turn, but we can delve away all the colorless to make it cost a triple blue. Because of that, we're going to cut down to two treasure crews. We're going to play four pieces of the puzzle because what we're really looking for is our combo of Trespass and Iteration. Um, pieces obviously is a three mana that lets us look at the top five and get our two favorite spells from among them into our hand and puts the rest into our graveyard. So we're flipping big cards into the yard there. And uh, one of unsubstantiate, two Galvanic Iteration. That's the new-ish card, uh, red-blue. When we cast an instant or sorcery spell, we copy it. So the, we're the copy Bane it. of Standard. The Bane of Standard. And it also flashbacks for a colorless, a blue, and a, and a red, which yeah. this card we do see later on down the list. There's a deck I want to talk about that also uses this because it's just like, why not? This combo is now here, and it's in several decks. Obviously, Expressive Iteration, Chart of Course, uh, Spike Field Hazard, Play With Fire, Ops, Considers, and some Lightning Axes to finish it off on top of our thing in the ice in Arclight Phoenix. So only 19 lands, 33 spells, 8 creatures. And again, the idea is we're a little more like a combo deck now, right? We just want to set it up where we're going to dump a bunch of Arclight Phoenixes into the yard, and then on one turn, get them out the yard, attack with them, copy a Trimple Trespass, and win. I'm going to real quick air quotes 19 because we do have... The spike Three spiteful hazards. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. But all that's going to be harder with Ali in play. But it's not, though. And it costs one more for each spell. 
Yeah, that's, that's, always, that's always been dead for two turns, Ricky, and you know it. Yeah, you know it's great. Spike field hazard to Athalia's face. Like, it's what I've said the whole time. Thalia is going to slow things down, right? But all she does is make people play more one mana removal spell. Yeah, but now, how long are going to win on turn three? It's fine. Oh, my God. That, the point isn't the turn three. My argument with Phoenix is, and this goes to, so generally, I do want to give it a few more weeks before we really, really crank the Phoenix watch 2021 to 11. Um, but my argument always has been, you can go back since Midnight Hunt. My issue with Phoenix are the fact that it gets to play Thing in the Ice, which is a zero mana, which is a, sorry, it's a two mana zero four that just gets the block in a lot of cases, really slows things down. And it also does interrupt the game plan at all because it also helps the game plan because guess what? Game plan successful, you just get to bounce all your opponent's boards, which means that it puts a three turn clock on the, not even a three turn, it puts a four turn clock for the aggro decks to kill you because if they can just flip this it's going to be kind of hard for them to win at that point so i think that the because right like if you think about it phoenix it's taking turn one off it's taking turn two off play thing in the ice because it wants to save it wants a little bit of setup then it wants to just go off on the turn it can buy the phoenix's back and so you get to play your thing in the ice on turn two it's just the launch and forget weapon you can flip it you're going to go off you're just going to win. And I, I think, like, to me, Thing in the Ice is the linchpin. If we want to take out something from the deck, it's the thing we need to hit. It weakens the deck against aggro. It makes the deck have to pivot more and play and take time off if it wants to play sort of board wipey type effects that just don't enable are enabled by its game plan, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to iterate there. Um and unfortunately, I think the Temporal Trespass, Galvanic Iteration, Galvanic Iteration Treasure Cruise change of this deck is going to push it even more. So I, I think that we're going to be close to, uh, I, I almost want to leave the Del Spell still because I do think Phoenix as a deck is a good bring is a good thing that people like to come into the format on. It's a very popular play style. Uh, it pulls people in. So I don't want to kill the deck. I want to make it a little weaker. So maybe maybe considers too good. Maybe on, on top of Thing in the Ice, right? Those those are my suggestions for the Phoenix Menace. Ban Mystical Dispute. No, do not I'm ban a fan Mystical of that, Dispute. actually. <laughs> I think I want to ban Mystical Dispute. I want to ban Mystical Dispute. Let's ban, let's ban Loris. Let's look, oh, like, because who won this event? Not Phoenix. Ricky, that argument didn't matter. Like you, you keep saying that, but that was the same argument we heard during Inverter. And guess what? It still was wrong then. Look at like look at other big bands. Like look at Jason Stoneforge, right? When it was okay. like when it was like six of the top eight decks were all like like playing Jason Stoneforge four of like when it was like all eight top eight decks run for uh, preordain. Like when it was stuff like that, right? But like if you look here, this top eight only has two phoenixes in it, and they didn't win. But I, guess I feel what? like yelling ban ban is not what we need to be doing. This isn't modern. I, this is, and I'm not saying I'm not yelling ban ban. I'm saying we definitely need to look at it because I still think we give it some time. But also, this isn't standard or modern. You know, ten plus years ago, this is pioneer where we've had a precedent of if play percentage gets really high, if there is it is negative community feedback, things are going to happen. I don't think there's any negative community feedback because there is a hundred. Did you miss all of Magic Twitter on Sunday after the after the showcase? Have you 
played Phoenix, it's so much fun. Ricky, <laughs> it's not like Inverter where like you're like like when you play Inverter, there's definitely people who can have fun playing Inverter. But like eventually it gets really old, like the play patterns are really the same, right? But like Phoenix is so exciting, like you're doing all these things. Maybe you have Phoenix need you off consider. To take off the rose colored glasses <laughs> and look I don't at the lighting glasses. on the wall. I've got my art walls, like Phoenix colored glasses. My walls are clean. Like they're playing less treasure cruise. They're playing temporal trespass with the galvanic iteration. I think that's funny. I think it's cute. I want to jump in here whenever there's a second. Go yeah, for go it. for it. Um, I, I, my fear with this deck is that the the play pattern is making it such that anybody who knows what they're doing, it becomes pretty hard to interact with because the deck is a lot of redundancy. Now, that being said, this cute little temporal trespass iteration combo is you know more of a linchpin it's a little more reliant on that at least some of these versions than some of the other versions which were all just you know i'm putting phoenixes i'm playing drake so i think they're a little bit more land on that not a ton if you disrupted that piece of it you know phoenix is still going to be like great i can still kill you that being said my fear about why thalia is not the savior is that one your opponent has to have one of their three of thalias two we're not a deck that is trying to you know we have the time to set up Right, the white decks really can't kill us before we can kill the Thalia, and that's our that's going to be our main objection. Two, if we have a, even a thing in the ice, it can pretty much block uh, a Thalia and not be afraid of anything because there's just not a lot of you know you don't see a lot of like white red, you don't see a lot of Boros right now, right? There's not a lot of times your thing in the ice has to be afraid of blocking, which isn't true like when I back when I was playing thing in the ice originally. So my fear is you can just sit back with your thing in the ice or things in the ice, right? Even if you had to pay two for every spell, you could flip the thing in the ice in a turn or two and then just go off with your combo, right? You you do it on your end of your opponent's turn as the last counter to come off. You flip all their creatures. Oh, look, that Thalia has gone on their instep and now we're just going off. So my fear is just the the play style, I think is is pretty breakable. I do also agree at the same time that you can you can beat this deck, but I do think it requires you really, really wanting to and and playing the cards that will do so. You know, you finding a way to stop the iteration temporal trespass, um, just being anti spells in general, or just killing your phoenix opponent. Like just play like aggressive red cards and kill your opponent. Yeah, you can. I, I definitely think that the only unfair thing there is that not everybody's going to want to play Burn, and I think Burn is one of the few decks that can reach this. I, I don't think Mono Black can, unless you've got a, a decent amount of disruption, but like I said, the problem with disruption against this deck is so many of the cards do the same thing that your your Thoughtseize never feels as good. It never feels worth the two life, unless you can take a Treasure Cruise or, or something like that, right? Uh, otherwise, your, your Thoughtseize just didn't do enough, especially with how powerful this deck is at digging. So, you know, I, I don't want to get rid of the deck, but I could see it needing a nerf in the coming weeks if, if we don't see a change, because despite what the challenge is Temporal Trespass makes the deck worse. I oh, think that it's okay. going to show up for just this week. Yeah. I think you're going to see people playing it next week, and I think it's going to go back away, because, like, I've played with Temporal Trespass before, and if you feel bad with a Treasure Cruise in your hand when your opponent has exiled your graveyard, you have never felt worse staring at that big, stupid eight on Temporal Trespass. Hey, I can uh, discord it to Lightning Axe. Yeah, you could discord it to Lightning <laughs> Axe right into the exile zone where it belongs. Right. Like, this list that's playing two Temporal Trespass and two uh, Galvanic Iteration, like for people that don't know what's going on, people that don't know that Temporal Trespass is coming, like you're just going to get people, right? 
you're just going to create a five mana time stretch and it's going to be so cool. But like literally you get go blanked or, or soul guy lanterned or ley lined or rest in peace or any exile spell ever played against you. And that card becomes very unplayable. The thing is that like we, I, in this, in this version, it's in this list, it's a two of, but in most lists based off of like gold cats list, right. In second place, it's a one of like they're not going to see it a whole lot, and I just think that again the galvanic iteration interaction is what really pushes it. It's not just that they're taking extra turn here, like getting to double. I mean, you can still double cruise and it's still worth, but it's the galvanic iteration. I don't think yes. galvanic iteration is a bad card. I think galvanic iteration is probably going to stay in the deck. I think yeah. the temporal my, trespass is not yeah, the thing my, that pushes this deck over. No, and my, I, I again, my I'm not saying it's temporal trespass. I think it's galvanic iteration. My my problem is that I think that even the one of versions of this deck, this deck digs so powerfully that you do find it. <laughs> I think that I think that the thing is that you know, as much as I was saying, oh, it kind of like relies on it a little more. I think it's like your combo we finish. I, I don't think you need it. Like two yeah. may have just been, hey, this thing is so powerful, and we're not seeing enough reaction yet. Yeah. I think you can definitely go down to one and not care, and I promise you, you'll see it. We we all we do is dig, and the digging is so efficient. Expressive iteration consider seizes multiple cards, right? Like pieces of the puzzle is huge. We're taking time off piece of puzzles. That's telling me that we're not killing us fast enough, unless you're playing red, that we can afford to play that card. So even as a one of temporal trespass, if you see it and you want it, you can take it. As yeah. a one of, I 100% believe that it was it was all over last week. I mean, it, again, it was like six. I don't think I don't think days. it not winning matters when it's a fourth of the challenge top 32 or when we get to Sundays, it's 12 copies in the top 32. It's just a massive presence. Oh, well, yeah, it's a fun deck to play, but like it doesn't it doesn't mean it's the best deck. Um, I, Ricky, I think I also want to bring up in the people who are playing it does mean it's the best deck. I think that uh, the real way, if you want to affect this deck, is you ban Mystical Dispute. Uh, I'll go over my findings here. Uh, the thing is, like, you don't see a lot of dedicated blue X control decks, right? Because those are like the decks that want to run counter spells, right? They want to play two mana and maybe even three mana counter spells, things like that. I mean, like, you see Spirits. Spirits does some of that with like their lofty denials and stuff like that. But like dedicated counter spells, you just don't see because like the blue control decks, like the blue aggressive decks with Spirits and Phoenix are just way better against blue control decks when they get to stop any blue interaction for one blue. Right. The thing is like Mystical Dispute is an aggressive counterspell and not a defensive counterspell. Yeah. When counterspells are defensive, it's better. Um, Force of Will is, you know, like sort of this, it, it puts you down in card advantage. It's an aggressive counterspell. You, you're, you're doing it to protect something. That's why Force of Will is super powerful um, among many other reasons. But like, essentially when you make, when you make the protection of my combo, protection of my aggro plan, counterspells better than the reactive counterspells like this is what happens i do think that if you ban mystical, mystical dispute you will see blue black x decks coming back um and you can see even more reigning in on the format of blue red phoenix real talk i i, I mean i like i think that's also fine but i still stand by that thing in the ice not making them take a, a step off their game plan to just combo off still while resetting the board is still just too good 
that's probably fair. I, I I will tell you that I'm somebody who for the longest time has been against banning the Dell spells or touching them. I think we've been fine on the format. I think they've done something a little crazy in printing all of the uh, I can put things into my graveyard cards so that now I would be I would not be opposed to taking out all of the Delve spells, which is a a pretty huge 180 for me. I want to leave the Delve creatures, but I think that the Delve spells, I think Phoenix still interacts fine um, and still is a real deck without any of the Delve spells. But I think it, it might be time for them to go. All of these lists have cut to two treasure crews. They are playing yeah. less Delve spells than before. Are, are they playing less Delve spells? Yes. No, uh, they're not the person that did better is playing three. <laughs> Because they're playing more Delve spells. <laughs> they're playing a variety of Delve spells. They're playing Temporal Trespass and Treasure Cruise as a one of and a two of. Yeah, but Galvanic Blast, the Galvanic four. Iteration gives them four additional copies of either of those spells. Galvanic Iteration is not a Delve go. spell. In fact, it plays uh, poorly with it, Delve. I think it is a Delve I, spell. I also because... agree. I think that it is a Delve spell also. <laughs> it has it, flashback. You don't want to Delve it. That doesn't matter because when I cast it before I cast Treasure Cruise... It becomes a Delve spell. Yeah, but yeah. Ricky, at that point, I've got fifteen cards in my yard. I don't, I don't care. I could probably remove. I could probably delve at random and still be fine. If, but that's usually copying a Delve spell. If you that's don't think express Galvanic iteration, I'm, works what are you with wanting the, to play? With the Delve spells. What werewolf decks are yourself. you wanting to show up once Phoenix is? Uh, once you ban your thing in the ice, what what's the werewolf deck you want to show up with that still loses to burn? I think you meant. That's Rhino. what I feel like this is. I think yeah, you meant exactly, Rhino. The Rhino deck. <laughs> That's what I feel like this is when I hear bands like this. No, I, I just think that like when you have a deck like this, the fact that it can do so well again, like easily against like a lot of the creature based aggro decks, like this is like a combo deck. Why doesn't it have like, I don't know. I just think like it's not weak enough to the decks it should be weak against. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I would think that the Thalia deck would be would be ruining this, but again, the thing in the ice setup, it's just there's too many pieces that I think are making are making it strong. But we'll see. Like I said, we haven't had live events yet. I still don't think it's time to like set off all the alarm bells, but you know, I'm waking up. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to I'm starting to be like, hmm, yeah, I'm smelling waking a little up gas, and sleeving you know? up some steam vents. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. I, yeah, I'm sleeving yeah, up true. my steam vents. I hear. You. All right, I hear you. Let's uh, let's get cracking then, shall we? Through the rest of these the rest of these deck lists. Uh, number ten, McWin Sauce playing some Enigmatic Incarnation now featuring. Catilda, Dunn, Heart, Martyr. That deck list kind of hurts my face. And Cemetery Prowler. Yeah, that card I like. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a fun one. And again, maybe maybe we will see the, hey, look, I'm just down to main deck anti-Phoenix hate cards. Maybe it will push the, the Phoenix down, right? Like maybe there's enough hate between uh, Containment Priest and Cemetery Prowler. Prowler, because there are a lot of ways to find your cards now, right? Like They yeah. also can just go get Callous Blood Mage and Exile My Graveyard, because literally... Every card says Exile Graveyard just stapled to the bottom of it, and you guys just need to play them. (laughs) Uh, We're not even playing Court of Calling, right? I mean, Court of Calling is a modern all-star. It's available in this format. You really don't see it. So we have access to a lot of kinds of cards uh, in this format. There's a lot of tutors available, and we're not playing all of them. So I think the fact that, you know, we have our, or we're playing different tutors. How about that, right? We're playing in Enigmatic Incarnation. Uh, we're not even playing, you know, one of the, my favorite cards, um, the one green Delirium spell that I, t- uh, T something. Traverse the, Traverse the Uvenwald. Traverse the Uvenwald. Well, now we have Dig Up. I have a deck list for you later with that card. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So anyway, the, you know, there's the tutors, there's plenty of them. There's so many we're not even playing, I think, some of the best ones that are, that are played in other formats, so, uh. 
we'll see. With with so, with access to so many cards, maybe we don't need to. All right, twelfth place, Bolivo, hang up the mono black. Tiago Saparito, bring in the mono whites. Four dollars bodyguard, two giant killer, two Kithian hero of Akros, four three inspector, four. Luminarch Aspirant, three Sun Gold Sentinel, four Thalia's Lieutenant, four Thalia Guardian of Thraven, four Adeline Resplendent Cathar, four Brutal Cathar, two Faithful Absence, two Rally the Ranks, four Mutant Vault, 17 Planes. And now here's where we have a deck that can get away with playing 12 one drops because we don't have Coco running around here. There we go. What is the Curse of Silence for? Uh, Probably Phoenix? It doesn't do it. Like, you named Treasure Cruise and I just dealt yeah. two more cards. Um, I don't know. It could be interesting against something though. It's gotta be it's gotta be good against something. Um I mean, like Coco, stuff like yeah. that. Like, I think there are good hits with it. I like Big um, Thalia in the in the yeah. board here. I mean this looks uh, pretty solid. I the, I would like to say that you skipped over the sweetest Phoenix decks, the a deck that was one right above this one. Because it had a wish? It has wish. It's <laughs> okay. wish. You can hey. copy wish. It also is playing Cathartic Reunion. Okay, cool. Moving on. <laughs> We've given Phoenix enough airtime on the show. We have. Uh, 15th place, Hamuda, also the model. We've got a different pl- take here. So we got uh, two copies of Paladin Glass to go with our fourth Thalia's Lieutenant. We're also playing Night of the White Orchid. Uh, four Fateful Absence this time, two Portable Hole. Here's, uh, hey, we're getting close to DNT. I think we're still too f- a little bit far away from making a true, true on DNT, but Thalia plus Paladin Glass, it's getting close. Paladin class is a absurdly good card. I'm always like just so impressed by that card. Mm-hmm. Also, three sunset revelry in this deck. Uh, yeah. I told you that card would see play. Mm-hmm. It was our number one for midnight hunt. That's right. All right, now let's come down to 17th place with seventh profit. Here's that traverse Uvenwald deck for you, Chris. Yeah, you I'm already Jace, in love. Prince Prodigy, three Seder Wayfinder, one scavenging ooze, one graveyard trespasser, two murderous rider. One Tireless Tracker, one Kalidus Trader of Get, one Elder Gargs, one Ishkanograph Widow, one Emreth Desert Doom, one Emrakul the Promised End, one Lilia the Last Hope, one Blood Chief's Thirst, one Clean to Dust, four Fatal Push, four Thought Seize, three Trist Uvenhold, one Heartless Act, one Extinction Event, one Memory Deluge, two Scrabbling Claws, and two Shark Tifoons. Gosh, yeah, are you sure this, this is not a Yorian? Where's the Yorian? There's like 80 yeah. cards here, right? Yeah, it's close. I also left out the Uros because we're this is pretty darn close to the the just the classic Sultai Delirium decks of of Pioneers past. I love this. I, I can't believe this is the exact deck I would have thought would have been wanting to run uh Soren, especially given that we can look at that Emrakul on the top of our deck and be like, nope out of there, you know? Look at a big daddy gargs and go, nah, I'll just draw that one, you know, something like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, obviously we've got our Shark Tarfoons to cycle for our enchantments, which I do think is huge. I think exactly what this deck wants to do. One Liliana, I'm surprised again, I would surprise not to see a second Liliana or, you know, another Planeswalker just to help with your types. Because we don't have a ton of ways to just throw, like, lands into our yard. You know, mm-hmm. we've got our Seder Wayfinders, right? But, they had, you know, if there's a land and we want it, that's that's not what we want, right? So given that the only other way we have would be a fable passage and we're only playing three that I can see at least as, as far as ways to put like lands and stuff under a yard, I, I would think we would want some other way to do it. So I'd like to see some more walkers uh, again in the form of the new sword. I think would even be like it, you know, even if it's not like a strict upgrade, it's at least a fun include. And I'm pretty out on Emirith. I, I don't think that Emirith is, is that fantastic. Um, I get that it lives, but I don't think there's enough removal running around in this format. 
especially that can kill fives that I'm super excited about that. There's got to be a, a better creature to, to play, but I could be wrong. You know, they're, they're here making my soul tie dreams happen. So very cool. All right, let's move on. Ivan Drago with uh, Bant Spirits here featuring two of the new Cemetery Illuminator. We were cool. wrong. We missed it. Yeah, I, I I still think the card's good. I do think I do. I will try Dream Shackle, uh, but I think this is better in a five O league. The Mono Blue List, which we'll talk about if we have time, I did really like. Um, I think this card is still very good, though. Uh, I still think Dream Shackle edges out just a little bit, but I do like this card a lot. Uh, the fact that it gives spirits some main boardable. Uh, Grave Interaction is big and an already pretty solid matchup in the form of Phoenix for for Spirits. Uh, I like it. It's a good choice. I think I thought the card was good, but uh, I was too blinded by Dream Shackle because I was so wrong about Shacklegeist. <laughs> All right. 21st place, Cabeza de Bolo playing a pretty fun Rakdos build featuring Bloodthirsty Adversary and Graveyard Trespasser. Uh, we played a version of this deck on stream, which I think the VOD is up on the YouTube, so go check that out there any thoughts on this one this is like a sweet it's also playing go blanks main it's playing go blanks main and then 23rd place we have namor squats really playing the the standard menace here because we've got uh four all runs epiphanies and two galvanic iterations uh i've played a couple versions of this type of deck i'm playing a lot of the versions with white for omnath uh it's fun i still think i want to play the ultimatum version over this uh but i you know i love my four i love decks that get to play four grow spiral and four of expressive iteration uh speaking of our ultimatums coming out of 27th place dreams of ashiok uh playing a four color omnath deck list here featuring two hullbreaker horror and three wandering mind who had this sorry i was i'm still happy with this name or squad stick uh dreams of ashiok i'm ready Hullbreaker Horror has been in some sideboards that we passed through. Yeah. They're also uh, like $15 I, each right now. I know. I'm, I'm thinking of playing a couple because this is the type of deck I thought, before I even saw this deck list, I was like, man, Hullbreaker Horror seems pretty good if we're just like playing like a, a team or Flash or, or an Omnath deck list. Man, I do want to call out that I was higher on Galvatic Generation than most Pioneer players were in general. Like I was definitely like, man, this card... You know what I'm saying? Like I, I gave it, I gave it its two minutes, right? We didn't go deep on it on the how Tur- OP it turns was. Turns out it's really undercosted. Yeah, turns out it is really undercosted. And the thing is, you, you know, it's so nice you get to do it twice. So, um, ex- excited for that. And then Wandering Mind, obviously, a lot of people were high on that card. So, uh, we're trying to live then... the trying to live the Christmas magical Christmas land with Lotus Cobras. Thirty second place here, not Kajal. Uh It's a pretty fun deck list. We have the classification combo here with Storm Herald, Ricky. Yeah, I like this deck. Plarg is actually super weird in this deck, but I like it. Yeah, I've seen Plarg, it. Dina Chaos, four Hillets Pilgrim, four Stormhill. You probably see me lose to it because every time we play against it, I just if you don't if you aren't burn or an instant speed or action deck, you just lose. Uh, also, it loaded in the promo classification. I forgot how much I hate that art. Oh, with the weird bug cat thing, the like frog cat. I don't know. It's so worse than the real one. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Sunday, 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 Phoenix Truck Rally, where, again, 12 copies of Phoenix in this top 32. In eighth place, we have McWinsauce back again, 
with the incarnation deck list. Seventh place, we have L3D91 with mono black vampires. Sixth place, Tunak Tunak with, is it Phoenix? Featuring that, again, the Express Federation build. Einstein9998 in fifth place with good old-fashioned chonky red a bit here. Uh, fourth place, we have screenwriter NY with Demir Control. Third place, Max Magister with the Is It Phoenix. Second place, uh, Giovanni MF again with our look at the new build of Phoenix. And first place, Tyrub1618 with Hidden Strings. Now, I will say, first and second place did split this challenge. There we go. So really both of them got first place. Yep. Hidden strings with only 48 ticks if you wanted to play on MTGO. And, uh, Seems like what? a good investment. Yeah. This is also this is the ultimatum build, so it's a little more investment if you pick up the challenger deck. But the, non, the non-ultimatum build is also still very good in my opinion. I think it's amazing that they give you the omniscience in the, uh, yeah, in right? the challenger deck. Yeah. All right. We already talked about... Let's see here. Did McWinsauce make any changes? We dropped the Katilda, and we now mean boarding Master Girl alongside our Cemetery Prowler. So that's kind of a cool thing there. Uh, Otakun in ninth place with Jeskai Phoenix. The white is just for sideboard cards. Three Sunset Revelry and two Monastery Mentor. We're not playing the Galvanic Iteration Package. Phoenix Bros, what do you think about this? In tenth place, you said? Ninth. Ninth place. I mean, this is this looks like my deck. Currently. The white sideboard splash? <laughs> no white sideboard splash, but the main deck looks like my deck currently. Yeah. I like Drake, but... Uh, yeah, what's your favorite Drake album? Um, <laughs> definitely Certified Lover Boy. <laughs> Let's see, Monastery Swiss Spear, for sure, seems better than Young Pyromancer. I think that the, the Sunset Revelry is interesting, too, for like the burn matchup, which is, once again, an awful matchup for Phoenix. Uh, so getting the Sunset Railroad, I think, is better than getting yeah, the Monastery. It, does, it, does, it doesn't matter how good your uh, Otherworldly Gazes are against Burn. Uh, ban Otherworldly Gaze just so people stop playing it. <laughs> um, right, now, not good. now as someone who is invested in like 60 copies of four Otherworldly Gazes, don't do it. <laughs> I oh, think man. this is the deck of the future right here. I think this, this is the version that you're going to see that's going to come out as burn uh, takes over because again you've got your revelries you've got your monastery mentors which you know you don't need the graveyard for those right a lot of players are going to go well my removal not is not as good now again it's okay against thing in the ice so that i understand but your monastery mentor is going to come in and save your game when your whole graveyard is being exiled and you're just like well i don't super care i'll just discard off these treasure cruises or or not play them and play my other you know one million uh, cheap blue and red spells to just make an army and, and go to town from there. Uh, I like the lower count of pieces of the puzzle. That seems expensive, but again, I'm trying this metagame. It's fine. And the fact that we're still playing it, is it charm is probably old news. Ricky and I love is it charm, but that probably shows we might be a little bit behind the times here or a little bit ahead of the times con- considering how you want to look at it. Depending this on also it. still has an old man looking at his hands with strategic planning. And that's it. That's it. I have the good version of strategic planning. Jason Gideon huddled up behind a wall? No, the uh, the Japanese uh, okay. Koi Pond strategic planning. Nice. All right. Let's come on down to 13th place. We're laden once again with the Gruul Midrange decks featuring now two Cemetery Prowler. It's a pretty good pickup for this deck list. But 
the green mid the 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 ghoul mid range decklist I do want to talk about is in fourteenth place by Kanepis sixteen. We got three elvish mystic, four Lanowar elves, two scavenging ooze, four bone crusher giant, three clothis god of destiny, three love struck beast, four glory bringer, four gold span dragon, four dragon's fire. That's how we're beating those thing in the ice. Tell you what, two Mizian mortars, three shatter skull smashing, two Asiga's chariot. What do you think about? Uh, Gruel Dragons here. Uh, well, I'm already excited at the Gruel Dragons, but uh, Eska's Chariot is not a dragon. Okay. Uh, and I'm a little triggered, but you know. One second here. I don't know what uh, what real dragon payoff we have. Um, we're just playing uh, Dragon's I mean, Fire is the payoff. Playing dragon's Fire is the payoff. It does four damage. Yeah. I'm in. I mean, I'm in. Right, I like the, I like the excitement of this deck. Um, it doesn't play like the Sarkin, no, which is what I think makes a dragon's deck a dragon's deck. Um, but I think this deck is better than the current dragons build. So, uh, I'd much rather play Scavenging Ooze, another card that just beats Phoenix by itself. But you know, whatever. Yeah, can we um, talk for a second? Hey, Commander players, can we make Goldspan Dragon not cost infinity dollars, please? Is that a commander thing? I figured just gold span so good in standard, right? It's very good in standard. It's very good in pioneer. Uh, I think it sees some modern play, and then also uh, every deck that wants to play treasure and commander is playing. Yeah, it's a dragon. and it's it's yeah, it's a dragon task. It's treasure. I I think the like when I see a mythic for a recently printed set that's like fifty bucks, I my instant bet is standard. It's the same air, air commander. I mean, same thing like Meat Hook Massacre, right? Mm-hmm. Watsy's going to ban Goldspan Dragon and Popper next week, so that's going to cause its value to go down a little bit. So, Uh, on a side note randomly, since we're talking about card evaluation... Yeah, go for it. Guys, we slept on Den of the Bugbear. Yeah, we kind of did. We we really slept on it. No, we we called those lands fine, right? Like, they were man lands, and we we mentioned them as like, hey, this set is pretty okay. Right. They were expensive. Man lands are always fine. Like, I don't think they're game breaking or anything. Like, Hive and Den are, like, played in, like, every deck. Yeah, they're played in a lot of them. Again, just because I think the the downside isn't there, right? So, like, Ruckman even said with one of them, it's like, oh, well, it's always going to be a one or two of in control. And, you know, we definitely see the blue one taking uh, play because they're the ones that are fast lands, right? Right. They need to be the first two. They need to be the first two, yeah, yeah. So with that, I mean, a lot of times you're looking for for that kind of thing. You you want to have them. So I mean, I don't think we were super low on them. I just think we were like, hey, you know, they'll they'll probably be around. Fair it's enough, the fair only enough. it's the only man lands we really have access to that are that are real strong, right? Like we don't have the three mana three two with menace that we had back in the day, right, right, right. Stuff like that, and they can come into play untapped, which a lot of the old ones did. A lot of the old ones were double colored, always came into play tapped. And in this format, you want your untapped lands, and these or, are come and play untapped. Or they're colorless, right? With Mutable. Yeah, I think I, I think we're pretty medium on them. Yeah. Fair enough. And let's come on down to twenty second place with Neko 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 with uh, another look at the mono white splash cocoa deck for humans. It's the same thing. I like it. It's fun. It's cool. We'll probably play it in another variant at some point. Expect a lot of Thaliadex plus Coco because I do want to try with more of a green splash. we got to get our Hamlet Vanguard in here and whatnot. 24th place, though, here's a Coco deck you can check out on the YouTube VODs right now. We have Eridos' uh, take on Soul Sisters because, look, 
I thought, you know what, let's not play a company deck when I talked about Soul Sisters last week. But it turns out, hey, just play Soul Sisters. Uh, Eridos kind of changed a couple cards between there. Also had a leak 5-0 here, and I made a couple changes as well in my version of the deck list. So they are playing four Lunark Veteran, four Johnny's Primate, four Prosperous Innkeeper, three Trellisara Moon Dancer, four Voice of the Blessed. That card's a house, let me tell you what. Four Heliod Sun Crown, two Main Board Lures of the Dream Den, four Skyclave Apparition, four Collect Company, four Johnny's Welcome. Uh, I think Johnny's Welcome is a big thing for this deck just because you get to have a solstice that can't be fatal push, can't be shocked, which is a big deal. Um, in my build, I cut down the Heliod to three because we're playing Coco already and it's not going to be really taken off the board. So I cut that down to three. Uh, I forget what other card I upped, but I also, instead of Luris, I was playing Welcoming Vampire because, going to be honest, Luris main I don't think is that great. Like, it's just a lifelinker. There's not a lot of chances I don't think we're going to get Alluris in play and to keep going. And I just think with Welcoming Vampire, it's going to trigger off of all of our creatures except for Heliod. Yeah, totally. I can totally see that argument. I, I love the main deck Luris. Again, I'm a big fan of that. I think Luris is probably should be in more main decks. And instead of just companioned, I think it's almost better there in a lot of decks and hasn't gotten the respect it deserves. So I don't I'm know. excited I, to see that. I, I am 100% on the other side of the coin. I don't think main deck Luris is good. Well, all your big payoffs, right? Your Pride Mate, your uh, Telesara, and your Voice of the Blessed. Yeah. They all cost two. So, like, I think, like, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility on turn four to be casting Luris, popping a treasure, and getting back one of our two drops. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is one of those decks you could companion it. I've tried Luris. Well, you can't because a company. Well, uh, and Heliod. I think the company doesn't matter, right? It's a spell. Or, yeah, it's no, a spell it does or... matter. It does matter. No, it's permanent. Oh, you okay. Can play it's but but Heli- yeah. Heliod still though. Yeah, I mean Heliod and, and Skyclave Apparition are, are the ones for sure. I just, yeah. I think I think you could reasonably cut those cards, especially in a budget version of this deck, and play it. So this isn't my prime example of of Luris on on the field, but again, I just I think that the the fact that it's a two butt makes it pretty bad against some of the Phoenix strategies for sure. But uh, just it's one of those cards that I, I I do in general like playing more in the main deck. I just I think paying six for it. Um, I'm down on a lot of the aggro style decks. Like definitely again, the decks that want particular cards are, are it's just gonna be in like even when we drew our Unwelcoming Vampire, I don't like Unwelcoming Vampire in my hand, I think is a lot worse. Is like I think it's still better than Lotus in her hand, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think like at least it Luris, flies and it can hold the counters a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, and like Luris is just gonna sit in your hand, like how like I just don't think it's as good. Like you're just, it's going to sit around because even when I was playing this deck, right? Like I wanted to be doing other things. Like your, your guys get so big. They dodge a lot of removal, honestly. Um, And they just get, and so the, you're not, you don't have a lot of targets actually buy back with Luris. And even then you have other things you're doing because you're going to be cocoing. You're going to be playing like two, two drops. Like there's a lot. So uh, I highly recommend watching the VOD. I'm down to tinker with this deck again some more. Um, I don't think it's going to be like tier one, but it's a good tier 1.5 to tier two list. Uh, if you, it's one of those weird decks where, because of Heliod and Coco, it's kind of an expensive buy-in, but I think this makes for a great like locals or FNM deck. Yep. I think totally we can see that. Um, but like, you can also watch an opponent get salt because they call us a combo deck because we had three solsters in play and played a voice of the uh, voice of the blessed. So apparently if you have any amount of synergy, that's just the combo deck now. Yep. Makes sense to me. Checks out. 
checks out. All right. 26th place, the study group playing Jund Food here. Uh, no new cards, but I thought it was worth talking about because we don't see this type of build in a lot anymore. We've got Meat Hook Massacre. we got Binding the Old Gods. we got Trail of Crumbs. What do you think? It's been a while since we've had Corvold really make a big impact in Pioneer. Well, this is rookie territory right here with the Corvold. I like, I like Corvold. Um, I was looking at this deck earlier. The the Jund Food build. Let's see here. Sorry, I was trying to get back to it. I thought we were going to the leagues. Boom. So... There's actually some interesting stuff I've been thinking about with this kind of deck, honestly. Okay. Um, I like the Meat Hook Massacre for sure. Yeah. And I really, this kind of deck and a couple other decks that I've been thinking about um, with Blood Fountain, mm-hmm. which sounds really weird, but Blood Fountain is one black mana for two permanent artifacts. Um, sure. Give, giving us a blood and the, the fountain itself. Mm-hmm. It's like... I think it's really interesting for like more of less the Corvold build, but more of the uh, Citadel builds of this deck. Yeah, um, where like Goose is good because it creates two permanents when you're trying to like combo off. Yeah, it also has me thinking a lot about uh, Emery, which doesn't really fit in the Jund deck. Uh, but I've been I've been thinking about like Cauldron Familiar Emery decks and like Cauldron Familiar Blood Fountain decks and. Uh oh, I lost Ricky. We lose Ricky? Good. I want to talk about the X-File deck. Alright, talk about the X-File deck. <laughs> Suck it, Ricky. Uh, X-Files deck. Only thing I want to point out here, honestly, this is a, a standard white-black auras deck. We are main decking for Chaplain of Alms. And that's the card I was pretty high on. And I was like, hey, this card might very well make it into Pioneer. And here it is. 5-3 in the challenge. And yeah, I'm a little surprised this is where I am seeing it, given that it is a human. Um, I think it's worth its weight in in a human's deck for sure, especially maybe some kind of, uh, you know, extra budget version. But here, I don't hate it, right? It gives us ward. If we want it back, it gives all all of our units ward. It's a little bit hard to kill. It's like a mini Thalia in its own right. So, uh, yeah, glad to see Chaplain of of Alms here in our good old-fashioned Oris We also get to play three Radiant Grace, a new card here. So one mana for one white for an aura. Gets plus one, plus one Vigilance, a little bit of... It uh, looks like we replaced, what is it, Eyes or whatever, the, the I Got Big Eyes card. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's a Visine for that. Yeah. Um, yeah and then, visuals, and yeah. then we get to, when it dies, we get to bring it back. When the creature dies, we get it back as a, um, oh, a what's curse. the name of? It's a curse. Yeah, yeah, it's a curse. But what is it, Authority of the Consoles? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Imposing Sovereign. Yeah. Yeah, they ta- their creature's coming to play tapped. Yep. Pretty significant against the Phoenix, you know, at least, you know, for the first turn. I liked this card a lot. I thought they were going to take out, uh, I forgot about the Sentinel's Eyes card, because uh, I don't play it, but uh, I was thinking about taking out Cartouche. But way better to take out Sentinel's Eyes if you're still playing Sentinel's Eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they aren't playing Kaya's Ghost Forms. I think it's still bugged. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I yeah. don't care too much for that card except for a sideboard. Yeah. Uh, also, what should have killed Magic this week is just. All the bugs with the release of uh, Crimson Val between Arena and MTGO. Uh, MTGO. It's just it's just so bad whenever they release a product. Like you can't play Magic for like two days when they release a set anymore. Rip. All right. Well, let's talk about the leagues now, kind of quickly. Uh, just kind of kind of run through here. Claudio playing a version of the Coco Humans deck list. A little less on the humans here because we got three Elvish Mystic, three Lanoir, four Lanoir Elves, uh, one Scavenging Ooze. 
four Luminarch Aspirant, four Thalia Guardian of Thraben. We get to play two Werewolf Pack Leader, which is still a human, funnily enough. Uh, three Adeline, Resplendent Cathar, three Archon of Emeria, one Augur of Autumn, four Elite Spellbinder, four Skyclad Apparitions. So we're kind of more of uh, just the Coco deck here rather than just humans. Uh, I like it. I'm down for it. You know I love my greedy Coco Piles. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm about to join also, you in the Coco Pile. Nonsense. Yeah, also Claudio 5-0 here with the Enigmatic Incarnation featuring Wandering Mind. So uh, maybe that card is more the truth than I thought it was. Uh, Wait, iteration? Hold on. Oh, I thought it only got you instant and sorceries. No. Oh, this card's way better. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was like, I was like, why would you play this card in the Enchantments deck? This makes more sense. I understand now. All right, then we it, have... It do be getting you enchantments. Durin's hybrid with white-black humans. we got three Bloodsoak Champion, two Giant Killer, one Kithian Hero of Akros, three Thraven Inspector, one General's Enforcer, two Intrepid Adversary, four Luminarch Aspirant, two Sun Gold Sentinel, four Thalia, Lieutenant, four Thalia herself, two Adeline Resplendent Cathar, two Elite Spellbinder, three General Kudro, one Gregor Trespasser, two Thalia Heretic Cathar, and two Faithful Absence. Joe's Force is pretty cute with uh, the additional legendaries we're playing in this build. What do you guys think? I love this deck. Oh, man. I would go with a two Generals Enforcer. You got Campbell in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Like, this deck seems sweet. So many things that just, like, indestructibles. It's like, if you play that into your Thalia, like, it's just sort of like, blah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have another deck until 7th Profit here. You guys got anything in between? Nah, go for it. We're running pretty long anyway. All uh, right, Seventh Prophet. Well, this will probably be our last deck list we talk about here. Seventh Prophet with the League 5 0 here. One, you're in Sky Nomad. Four, Three Inspector. Three, Charming Prince. Four, Faithbound Judge. Four, Sky Cliff Apparition. Four, Thought Not Seer. One, Golos Tireless Pilgrim. One, Lyra Dawnbringer. Two, Thalys Lancers. One, Emrakul the Promised End. One, Ugin the Ineffable. Two, Fateful Absence. Three, Search for Glory. Two, Doomscar. One, Emeria's Call. Four, Portable Hole. Two, Scrabbling Claws. One, Eye of Vecna. One, Maze Mind Tome. Two, Potion of Healing. And four, Book of Exalted Deeds. That's right. We're a book deck. Also playing Swords of Healing Light. What do you think <laughs> about this deck? Why are we playing Potion of Healing? Because it comes to play, we draw a card and we blink it with Yorian? Yeah. Oh, my lord. And it's and it's one cheaper with Ugin. No, we can make colorless spells. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah. <laughs> play more, play more maze mind tome. Yeah, I don't know. Shuffit Dune. Uh, well, Shuffit Dune is for the thought knots. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, so like a not a lot of non basics to run faceless havens, but I guess we got to. Yeah. This is a deck, man. And then you just win with faithbound judge eventually. Or yeah, to see your opponent. Opponent this is hilarious. Yeah. Props to opponent. Yeah. Prop, props yeah. to uh, Seventh Prophet here because this this is huge as far as I'm concerned. Like this deck is absolute nonsense. It is ridiculous, and the fact that they five owed with it means they uh, they quickly put in a little time with it, had some fun. Surprise, Doomscar isn't seeing more play than than what it is, and obviously, I think the book combo is a pretty huge one, right? Between our Faithbound yeah. Judge and our book, I'm sure we're doing some shenanigans. I love uh, the Cathar Commandos in the sideboard. I want to watch the games where those come in. Probably against, like, Insul, right? Or, like, against Enigmatic. Enigmatic, yeah. Just, can you imagine playing Enigmatic? Like, you tap out for a Fires, and then your opponent, like, flashes in Cathar Commando? Got him, coach. 
and then you just use your fires priority to cast a second fires for free and laugh i don't know <laughs> fires is a dumb card it's kind of big because the you know the acceleration and, and how many answers there are but i'm a little surprised thought not seer doesn't see more play right like the eldrazi's are all legal and that's just not the menace in this format that it is anywhere else, which I think, I think is a good thing. But given that it, this it, format it, does play form, a lot of the creatures. The format doesn't have, like, Eye of Ugin and stuff. For sure, of course it doesn't. But, like, you, you still have plenty of ways to get colorless. Think of, like, Nykthos, right? Nykthos oh, sure. can tap for colorless uh, and your mono green. Obviously, Nykthos and Thought Not Seer, not the greenest combo ever I, known I, to I man. I wanted to play this deck. <laughs> I wanted to play Chris's for Nykthos, for Thought Not Seer deck. I really wanted to, I well, want to well, know. So, the point was that the rest of the deck is probably green, right? That thought not seer slash the other Eldrazi that, that is was probably a, that just... was a deck. Like that was a deck yeah. for a while. It, it was a little something something. I'm just saying the the strong creatures. I, I definitely I definitely see it or or some other way. Right? There's got to be some other way to to play it and have it be good. So I believe you, Chris. Thank you, Ricky. Ricky's got my back here. Ricky, you're back in for the alley from another week. Oh man! Apparently, liking Phoenix gets you kicked out. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I banded you, Ricky, and went to the dark side. All right. Well, that will do it for another week here on Crew 3 Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for being here with me this week. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Chris and Ricky, where can they find you on the socials? Yo, you can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas and Christmas don't got no tea. Ricky, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at, at also Steve. You can also find me. Um, on YouTube with Doormonster and sometimes on Twitch at Doormonster TV. And you can find me, the heel of the Pioneer format, <laughs> at Crew3Podcast on Twitter. I'm a couple nights a week when I can on twitch.tv slash Crew3MTG. And I post the VODs up on our YouTube channel, also Crew3MTG. Make sure you go check out the uh, the Soul Sisters VOD up there if you haven't checked that out. The decklist was a whole lot of fun. Really loved it. Uh, yeah, and a reminder, no episode next week for thanksgiving uh but we are going to get the patreon exclusive out hopefully next weekend for those that are signed up for the applicable tiers for that uh, also because there's no episode next week i want to remind everyone that for our next episode which is going to come out on the third so be sure to have your uh does it slap homework which is of course uh the innistrad super block featuring not just uh, Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow, but you can only use cards printed in either Innistrad, Dark Ascension, Avacyn Restored, Shadows of Innistrad, Eldritch Moon, Midnight Hunt, or Crimson Vow to build us a deck. So not Pioneer Legal, but it's pretty fun because look, Innistrad's great. Already a good selection of submissions so far, so be sure to get that in by the 29th at noon if you're working on a deck list to have us read out on the show. Uh, unless anything happens, don't count on an episode, but uh, I don't think anything will happen next week because, again, Thanksgiving and whatnot. So we'll talk to you all after Thanksgiving break. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.